Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Put it in the right file, according to alphabetical order, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, etc. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Is that your Nicolas Cage impression? Uh, yes, it is. And it's it fucking, fucking fantastic. Hey, how dare you? How dare you, sir? That was a great Nicholas Nicolas Cage. spot on with the delivery, but just the voice was, oh, do, do. <laughs> it's the Matty D version of Nicolas Cage. You pair my, pair my audio with Nick's Cage audio. Put it, it in the right, the right file, file. According, according to, to alphabetical, alphabetical order. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, etc. Seamless. Seems. All right, let's and do you that right now. you spoiled that. You spoiled that for everybody. I didn't say what movie that was from. All uh, right, yeah, true, true, true. Because what we do on this show is we look at upcoming Hollywood blockbusters and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible, potentially spoiling it for everybody in the process. But we don't try and spoil movies that are already out there, like Vampire's Kiss. We like to stick to stuff that hasn't been released. And this week, if it wasn't obvious already from that introduction, we're talking about the upcoming Nicolas Cage vehicle, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. He's back. He's, He's back, back in the movie. Well, he just did, what was it, Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, Midnight at Binko's or whatever it was. The movie mm-hmm. where it was essentially they just ripped off the plot of Five Nights at Freddy's, but with just Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So, I think he played a silent protagonist in that movie, so he didn't have any dialogue, so he wasn't able to be crazy what? Cage as what we love. What a shame. Yeah. that's. I think that's a missed opportunity. So, they're trying to bring it back with this movie where he can just be completely unleashed crazy Cage again. Which is what we all want to see. So, this movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, is obviously an action comedy movie. Uh, we'll discuss the plot of the, the basic plot of the movie in a sec, but... Of what we know of it. Yeah, well, all right. So, let's just say this right now. Currently, there is no information about this movie aside from, like, a sentence or two online. I think the script has been leaked. Matty D has told me that the script has been the leaked. The script so has been leaked. Neither of us have read that. No, I haven't read the script. Because that's not what we're about here on no. this show. We don't cheat. We, we don't, don't want to actually spoil the movie. We just want to potentially spoil the movie for everybody. You want to see how smart we are. But yes, yeah. there's about a, a paragraph or three lines on Wikipedia and yeah. three lines on IMDb. How accurate that is, who knows? Yeah, who there's knows? There's a cast list. How accurate that is, who knows? Yeah. That's all we know. So, there's been no promotional material released for this movie at all, even though it's coming out in less than two weeks. It's supposed to just come out in two weeks. So, we've experienced this before with movies like The Kitchen. The Kitchen is the one that first comes to mind Coming to America, I think, as well, also had this, where the movie is literally just about to come out. There's no promotional material. And I tell you what's the, the common thread between Coming to America and The Kitchen. Both of those movies didn't have promotional material until the last second. And both of those movies, spoiler alert, sucked so i'm worried does that mean that this movie is gonna suck i'm worried I, I guess it might so essentially if they don't promote a movie right before it's about to come out that means they have no faith in the movie either they don't have the marketing budget it's like a low budget movie which neither coming to america or the kitchen were they weren't low budget movies at all by any stretch of the imagination i'm guessing that this movie is going to be somewhat low budget i'm guessing it's going to be if i just had to throw a figure out there maybe like 20 million dollar okay. budget uh, it's probably going to be very down to earth and sort of like they're not going gritty. in space, really. Yeah, they're not going to go to space like like the Avengers movies. Well, they might. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing your plot. But yeah, my guess is this is a is a somewhat low budget movie. Nicolas Cage doesn't do sort of like major motion pictures. I think that might even be a plot point. I know it's certainly in my plot. He doesn't do major motion pictures anymore because everyone's just sort of in. They know his shtick. He's sort of become like Malcolm McDowell, where it's just like, if you offer him 50 bucks and a slap on the ass, he'll come and do your movie. So <laughs> I think this movie is very much going to explore that. 
So, yeah, I think it's not going to be a particularly big budget movie because it's being co-written and directed by Tom Gormican. So, have you ever heard of Tom Gormican in your life? No, I haven't. He's only ever made one movie. What is it? What is it? It's called That Awkward Moment. It's a romantic comedy from 2014 that okay. no one's ever heard of I've or seen. Never heard of that movie. Exactly. So I'm sure there's a fan base for it. So, write in if you know that movie and yeah. love it. If you've seen that movie, you enjoy it. I mean, there's a lot of big names in that movie, but this is the only movie that this guy has ever done before. And this is his second movie that he's ever made. So... Yeah, that, I think that says everything right there. It's a low-budget movie, director who isn't tried and tested. Nicolas Cage is the lead character in it, playing yeah. himself. And it's been quite a while for Nicolas Cage between drinks. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's he's been in Kick-Ass. I know that was the most mainstream thing he's yeah, done Yeah, that for probably was like one of his last... He used to be Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be Ghost Rider, that's right. And that's kind of dead. Now it's, uh, what's his name? Diego Luna from Terminator Duck Fate. He's Ghost Rider now, apparently. <laughs> well, going to be. Yeah, he's going to be. Uh, we'll Maybe. See. Earmarked. But yeah, Nicolas Cage, I think the last major yeah, role he played was uh, in Kick-Ass. But yeah, I can't he, think of anything yeah, else. Yeah, he doesn't do major pitches anymore. So I don't think this is like a huge, big vehicle for, for anybody. So yeah, it, it really gets me worried when there's no promotional material right before the movie comes out because I think that's a clear indication that they don't have any faith in it. It doesn't look good. So they don't, you know, they don't want to spend a lot of money selling the movie. Yeah, which is a shame because the premise of this movie seems like it's going to be a lot of fun or has the potential to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, why don't you just break down what the uh, premise, the basic premise that we know so far. Yeah. What, what that is. So here's what we know. We know that it is about Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. He's playing, yeah, himself, he's playing himself as an actor. For the first time. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it is. I guess it must be the first time. And he gets hired by a super fan for $1 million to perform at his birthday party. That's right. And all we know from there is that things take a turn from the worst after that. Okay. The guy whose birthday so party things is- Things escalate. Yeah, things escalate. The guy's birthday party it is might be not up to well, no they say food. he's a drug dealer. He's so. a drug dealer. Okay, well, then we can we'll spoil, spoil that. that right now. Apparently, there's supposed to be a twist in the movie, but that's what they say leading leading up to it. So, yeah. I suppose that is a draw. You've got to have some sort of escalation to draw people in. Like, no, I don't want to just see a movie where Nick Cage plays himself. Why not? I need a drug dealer in there. <laughs> They, I've heard it described as it's like a, it's about Nicolas Cage being himself and then it turns into a Tarantino movie. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. So what that is exactly, I suppose, is left to our own discrimination. But yeah, we'll see. As we said already, there is no trailers for this movie. There's no footage of this we movie. We are going in this cold. I bet you anything. I bet you anything. By the time that this episode's released, there will be a trailer. Definitely. I bet you anything. If there is, you know, just quick disclaimer, there's nothing at this point at the time of recording. It takes about a week for these episodes to come out. And no doubt the trailer will show everything in the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That always happens to so us. So we have no information on this movie whatsoever beyond that, like, little byline that Matty D just sort of explained to us. So we don't know anybody's characters or what their relationships are with each other. We just know the loose plot and who's going to be in the movie, essentially. Yeah. And and they don't even have the full cast. They just have, like, maybe five people. We'll talk about them. There was five someone announced people. just the other day. Yeah. Like, that added to the cast list. That changed the whole yeah, dynamic the of whole the whole vibe of the movie. All right, let's talk about who's in the movie. Let's, let's get straight into it. So, of course, we've talked about him at length already. He's the drawer of the whole movie. This, he's the whole reason that this movie exists, starring as himself is Nicolas Cage. Clap, 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 clap. And, oh, what examples can I bring up of Nicolas Cage? I recently watched Wild at Heart, the David Lynch movie with <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Of course, that's a great pairing there, David Lynch and Nicolas Cage. But he's probably most well-known for Face Off. National uh, Treasure. National Treasure. What a weird example. The Sorcerer's Apprentice? The Remember Sorcerer's that stupid yes, movie? I was trying to think of that movie. Yeah, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Vampire's Kiss or Kiss of the Vampire, whatever that movie's called. Con Air. Con Air. Leaving Las Vegas. 
The Wicker Man. How could we forget oh, the Wicker how Man? How could we forget? That movie where he's running around looking at numerology and hits trees with a baseball bat, whatever that movie was. When I went to university, he was kind of considered a god yeah. amongst our peer group. And we actually had yeah, posters too. of Nick Cage everywhere in our house. Oh, wow. So he has a special place in my heart. For us, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> they were the like gods in our dorm. <laughs> so it must, be, every weekend, must be a college thing Every weekend we're watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies Or Nicolas Cage yep, you'd movies have, You'd have a few drinks and watch a Nick Cage movie Always a lot of fun Yeah, exactly I think everybody knows Nicolas Cage Now, a vibe that I get straight away from this movie Is something along the lines of My Name is Bruce Are you familiar with that movie at all? No So My Name is Bruce Is, is that a- off Nemo? No <laughs> It was a terrible joke <laughs> My Name is Bruce is a Bruce Campbell movie Where Bruce Campbell plays himself he goes to a, a town for like some sort of like fan event and then it right. turns out that there's like demons there like in Evil Dead. So he ha- Bruce Campbell himself has to fight demons. Right. So I'm getting very much that same vibe where Nicolas Cage has to be put in a situation where he turns into like Nicolas Cage from his movies. It does seem like that. And also my name is Bruce Sucked. So what does that oh, say no. about this, this movie as well? So yeah, I, th- this is not a new concept. This is absolutely not a new concept. This is stuff that they've tried in the past and it has never really worked. But you know, it's a novel enough concept to get people to watch the movie. Or I mean, at least some people. Being John Malkovich, it looks yeah, like it's okay. going to be a different music. Oh, Adaptation. We didn't bring up Adaptation. Oh, that was a great movie. I love that movie. So, I think the best ever Nicolas Cage movie I've definitely. ever watched, the best performance that Nicolas Cage has ever given is in Adaptation, yep, which definitely. is a pseudo-sequel to Being John Malkovich. I think it's written by Charlie Kaufman. That's right. And that is a very sort of like uh, meta? Self-re- self-reflective meta journey adaptation that is. Yeah, where Nicolas Cage plays Charlie Kaufman in that movie, and as well as his twin brother, mm. which is fantastic. I think if you haven't seen Adaptation, run out and watch that before you watch what is it? The unbearable, <laughs> what a the terrible unbearable title. weight of massive talent. And what- <laughs> so watch Adaptation. That probably end up being a better movie for you. I love that there's a, Nick- a real proper like showcase of, of <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I love that there's a Nick Cage movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah. Well, not so far. We don't even know if the movie's going to come out. Who knows? This is just hearsay. But yeah, we'll see. But we're here to talk about it today as though it's going to come out. All right, who's next? Who's next? All right, so the next person we have on the list is Pedro Pascal, who's playing the character of Harvey. And now, of course, we've talked about Pedro Pascal before in our Wonder Woman 1984 episode. But these days, he's probably best known for playing the Mandalorian in The Mandalorian. Also in Game of Thrones. He was massive That's in that right. Show. He was a big character in Game of Thrones as well. But yeah, he's he's a huge actor at the moment. He's mm. really sort of taken off. I think The Mandalorian gave that like the real shot in the arm that his career yeah. needed. Yeah. He was also in Kingsman. That's right, yeah. So he's returned to our show? Yeah, that's right. He wasn't in oh, The King's Man. No, he was he in was. Kingsman right. 2, The Golden Circle. That's but right. Yeah, but yeah I'm, I'm pleased to see him here. I bet they made this movie before before he really became famous for being like the Mandalorian and yeah. Wonder Woman and all that. So Definitely. Because my guess is the character is supposed to be like a likable present, but somewhat unknown. But now he's not. He's probably more famous than Nicolas Cage at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, he's a bigger so. name than Nicolas Cage. So yeah, that's funny. I suppose we'll explore. So that it's going to be interesting the, to the see plot. what capacity is going to be in this movie. Whether he'll be in it a lot or not a lot. Oh, I think he's the secondary character in the movie. I'm sure you agree with me. I do. Yeah, we'll talk about it in our plots. But yeah, all right. Next up, playing. While we don't know who she's playing, is uh, Sharon Horgan. Mm-hmm. My prediction is that she's going to play Nicolas Cage's wife. That's, I don't know I, about you, Matty D. Exactly the same as me. Now, she's probably best known for being a voice actor in Adventure Time, Bojack Horseman and Bob's Burgers. She's done a few movies, but nothing that really stands out to me. I don't know if you know her at all, I Matty D. I really you know, know, I know. Yeah. I, I, what else can we say except we just presume that she's going to be playing Nicolas Cage's wife? 
She's not Nicolas Cage's wife in real life, so this is just an entirely fictional version. We could be wrong, but that's what it seems like to me. And playing who I presume to be Nicolas Cage's daughter, Addie, is Lily Sheen. Mm -hmm. Again, this is someone I'm not familiar with at all. Well, this casting got released yesterday, I think. Yeah, that's right. This only just came out this weekend. But uh, Lily Sheen is Kate Beckinsale's daughter. And she also played a really minor blink-and-you'll-miss-it role in the movie Click, the Adam Sandler movie. Really? Yeah, I think she was like girl at university or something <laughs> like that. But shes I think she's 22 years old, so guaranteed she's going to be playing a teenager yeah. of some description in yeah. this movie because they always get like 20-somethings to play teenagers. I- I'm spoiling my plot here. I'm giving Matty D details that he doesn't need. Next up, playing the character Vivian, again, we know nothing about the character on her name, is Tiffany Haddish, who we've talked about before in The Kitchen. Yes. She was the secret villain of The Kitchen, spoiler alert. <laughs> We've already spoiled that movie, so who cares? So yeah, I don't know if anyone's again. going to see that. Any any sort of I, I want to get like an early idea from you, Manny D. Any ideas who Vivian is going to be in the movie? To spoil my plot, I think she's going to be a police officer. Really mm-hmm. interesting. I have a completely different character in mind for oh, her. Okay. I actually really struggle to work her into the movie because I'm like in in the movie in my head when I think about the movie just without any sort of reference. I can't find a place for her to fit in neatly mm. unless she's like the wife of a character or whatever. She could be Nicolas Cage's wife. We're just presuming she's not. Maybe. I mean, the daughter isn't black. <laughs> <laughs> so you, we, don't, we don't know. But yeah, I, I really struggle. So I sort of just sort of shoehorned her in at the end of the day. So sorry, Tiffany. I know you're a big listener of the show. I couldn't really work you into this plot. Another actor that we've talked about on this show is Jacob Scipio who played Armando from Bad Boys for Life. Do you remember that character? No. He was the villain in Bad Boys for Life. Oh, okay. Remember? Yeah, I recognised his face when I was looking at the cast list. I was like, I know this guy from somewhere, yeah, but we've I talked about him it. before. Spoiler alert, he's Will Smith's son in that movie. There we there go. We go. didn't predict that, did no. we? No. And last but certainly not least, playing, I don't know who, again, we'd have no idea, yeah. is Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, how exciting Doogie is Hauser this? Doogie himself. How I Met Your Mother himself. What is his name, Barney in that TV show? Barney, yeah. So yeah, I have no idea who Neil Patrick Harris is playing in this movie. I have like I, I just shoehorned in like I did Tiffany Haddish, but uh, I'm sure you have a theory as well. <laughs> I do. Let's hear it right now. Let's get straight into our plots. And right. I think Matty D, you're primed to go first. Let's do it. So a little bit about my writing process going into right. this movie. Getting a full creative background. Here. I really struggled. At the start, at the start, I was I like, can't say I struggled at all. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I kind of get an idea how the movie's going to start, but I don't oh, know what's going to happen. I see what you're saying. So, Matty D, his major flaw with all these plots we've found out is that he doesn't follow the the genre that the movies. I break rules. Do. Whenever there's a horror movie, he's just like, we get to when the movie opens, we get to know our characters. When there's an action <laughs> movie, he's like, when the movie opens, we get to know our characters with a lot of background and dialogue. Yep. He doesn't realize that a horror movie's got to start with a scare. He doesn't realize that an action movie's got to start with a. An action scene. What does? This is an action comedy movie. We don't know how the movie's going to open. True. true. There can really only be like one sort of direction that you can go in this movie, and that's the standard Matty D direction. (laughs) Exactly. I'm really keen to know how your movie opens. Well, here, I'll I'll get into it, but I was just about to say, I struggle with this movie. I had a few beverages. I wrote a bunch of stuff on my phone. And then I was like, yeah, that's it. You and it. me both. That's wow. it. And then I came and I created this plot and I'm super confident in it. Probably oh, not wow. going to be the movie, but I'm I'm proud of it nonetheless. Yeah. So here's what we're going to open with. Okay. And you'll be very pleased with me. I'm following formula today. Oh, wow. There we go. He's learnt. <laughs> well, look at me. Gold stuff, buddy D. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. You so can, <laughs> You can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you can't teach Matty D anything. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. So we're going to open with a D-age Nicolas Cage. Oh, I don't think they have the budget to do that. Well, they're doing I it in my movie. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Might be done with makeup. He'll be in a casino. Why couldn't they just use footage from another movie? 
probably don't have the budget for that either. <laughs> can't have the rights to it. They can't do that. So it's going to be a younger Nicolas Cage. He's going to be in a casino. I won't go into too many details about it, but he'll just go crazy and he'll get into a massive action shootout scene. And then the film calls cut. Nicolas Cage takes off his wig and we get the title. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> We're going to get the title of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Boom, right there. Wow, there you go. Use your imagination of how fun and crazy that is. So he's making a movie that doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay. It's just going to be past. Yeah, it's just going to be a past movie in his archives. It's going to be very Nicolas Cage esque. He's going to be very. Could be Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, well, it could be any of those movies, but we're going to make it a different, like a new movie because we don't know about that. All right. It's Maddie Days. We don't know if we could get the rights to those, you know. So okay. we'll just we'll just make a generic Nicolas Cage movie yeah. for your opener. Then we flash to present day. Nicolas Cage has been living, uh, I'll say California, but I want to say Hollywood, but he's just been living. He's depressed. He's down on his luck. He's washed up. He isn't booking any jobs. How right. sad are we? Like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing a character, guys, a yeah, fictionalized right. version of himself. He also seems to be on the outs with his family, Interesting. which is Addie and... Sharon. Sharon. I called her Sharon as well because that's the actress's name. So he doesn't have a great relationship with them. Uh, his agent is telling him there's nothing for him. Interesting. But wow. He gets approached by a shady business person. Oh, wow. Originally, I was going to say this was going to be Tiffany Haddish. Just, just to spoil this for you, this is essentially <laughs> word for word what I've got as well. That's great. Now, the shady business person is going to meet him at, and this is kind of becoming a trope for me, at a diner. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Diner scenes. Okay. And gets offered $1 million. Oh, the shady businessman gets offered $1 million? No, the shady businessman offers Nicolas Cage yeah, of course. $1 million to come to a birthday party from one of his super fans. Mm. Nick is financially not well, but he declines. He thinks he has more dignity than this to do incredible. this. This is incredible. Is this like yours? Yes. <laughs> this is incredible. I can't believe this. So the business person, and I'm going to say it's a female, she gives him a card. She says, well, look, Call us <laughs> if you hell. change your mind. <laughs> Do we have the this same plot? Yes, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is probably not going to happen in the movie, but the, we both em- envisioned the exact same opening. <laughs> this is so incredible. I'm so glad I went first. Um, oh. So now we get to see how Nicolas Cage is struggling financially. Maybe yep. he's got bills. He's you know People are yelling at him because he owes money. He'll bump into another actor from the 80s who is smug and doing really well. Neil Patrick Harris? No, it'll be John Travolta. Oh, really? I don't think John Travolta is going to be in this movie. (laughs) John Travolta will be in this movie. And you could say they kind of have a face-off, as it were. Oh, oh my God, that's so clever. But, you know, it's just... for our face-off episode coming up soon. (laughs) It's just to show that Nicolas Cage is, you know... Not doing well, comparatively. <laughs> even John Travolta, <laughs> who's, I'd probably say he's even in a worse position than Nicolas Cage currently. And John Travolta's like, fun of him. hey, maybe you should try this Scientology thing. No. <laughs> but, you know, he's, it, it, life is bad for Nicolas Cage. Right. But Nicolas Cage gets approached by some police on the side of the road. They kind of pull mm. up next to him while he's walking walking home like the Joker in, in the Joker. Do you have a license for all that talent there? <laughs> and they demand that he comes with them to the station. Uh, the main police chief will be, or the main hey, investigator. what are you booking me for? Will be Tiffany Haddish, by the way. My impression is it's worse than yours. Yeah, well, yeah, someone's throwing shade at my impression. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Very nice, very nice. So they tell him that they've been following, you know, this particular hey, where's person. where's the chocolate cake? <laughs> oh my God, we didn't even talk about the <laughs> chocolate cake. So essentially they tell him that the birthday party job he was offered 
was for a renowned drug lord, mm, millionaire, interesting, interesting. called Harvey. So this is just the random police pulling up for yeah. this whole thing. Well, they're, okay. they're like they're the investi- they're investigating this right. guy. If only there was like a department for this kind of thing. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Well, it's the FBI, right? Well, it's the FBI I'm, not saying, I'm not saying anything. I don't. Oh, the investigators, the police, the good guys. Uh, they tell Nicolas Cage that they haven't been able to get close to him, but. Through him being invited to this party, they might be able to bust him and incriminate him. Yeah, there we go. So they're going to put a put a wire on him and all sorts of things. So Nicolas Cage doesn't like this, but he doesn't see there's he has much choice in the matter. So he reluctantly accepts this offer. They also promise. <laughs> what sort of police are they? They also promise that he can keep the one million dollars. So like oh, he gets he gets the best of both worlds. So he goes to Harvey's mansion. This whole scene. Where is Harvey's mansion? I was going to say Mexico, but it doesn't work for my plot. So I'm going to okay, say like... So it's just another mansion in California. Yeah, maybe California. Okay, interesting. You're wrong, but interesting. Oh, am I? Yep. Hmm. Well, I know they said he was like a... They said he was a Mexican drug dealer, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. But I'm going to say California. I'm going to go out okay. on a limb. Yep. Because he needs to drive 31 hours to go to where I want oh, the movie to end. Okay. So he's going to be in California for that purpose. Right, okay. So he goes to Harvey's mansion. This whole scene will be played for tension as we fear Nick Cage is going to get caught and found out. So he'll come and the goons will sort of yep. shake him up, but he'll manage to get through. They don't find the wire on him. No, they don't. They're okay. terrible. They're terrible like security. They just touch his genitals and that's it. <laughs> so, is so- this really necessary? <laughs> Wow, what massive talent you have. <laughs> and that's gives me an unbearable weight. <laughs> that's how Nicolas Cage accepted the movie. Yeah. So Harvey's going to be set up as a really intimidating presence, but really? appears uh, but then appears very affable towards Nicolas Cage. Okay, so right. he's very friendly, he's very so welcoming. He's intimidating he's like, hey. but affable, okay. Yeah, well he's he's got like a presence about him, but it re- as soon as he sees Nicolas Cage, he kind of goes, "Oh, Nicolas Cage, I love yeah. you." So Harvey tells Nicolas Cage that he misses when movies were great. He also tells him that he I saw- I miss when America was great. See my red hat? <laughs> he said he saw Wonder Woman 1984 the other week and it was a stinker. <laughs> he says, but your movies- The villain in that movie absolutely ate it. <laughs> but your movies, your movies from the 80s. Now that is true art. Oh, this is great. I'm really enjoying this so Harvey, far. Harvey has props and costumes for Nicolas oh. Cage. To perform some of his iconic roles. Oh, really? This will include being a creepy vampire in Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> He's just got really cheap plastic teeth. <laughs> Having a skullet and telling them to put the bunny back in the box yep. as an exonerated convict. Telling them that they're innocent after pissing fire with a leather jacket and a skull mask. <laughs> All right. He'll also do a PC version of his rant in Deadfall. The whole time, Nicolas Cage will do this with zero enthusiasm or oh, Deadfall. effort. We didn't mention Deadfall. No, we didn't. Yeah, well done. <laughs> but Harvey... What am I, a retard man? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what we weren't going to say, Okay, Kieran. sorry. Put that out. Yes, yeah, so it'll be a PC version of that rant. Okay, fair enough. What are you, are idiot man? What are you, mentally disabled man? <laughs> You're mentally disabled. That wouldn't work. So Nicolas Cage is doing it. He's not having any effort in. He's kind of like dragging his feet the whole time. But Harvey and the, and the rest of his party will love it. They'll be clapping. They'll be like, hey, yeah, this is awesome. Mr. Cage. He'll do a scene from every movie, pretty much every movie every in, his, mo- wow. in his catalog. How long is your movie? With the exception of Weatherman, because let's be honest, no one likes that movie. Okay. <laughs> And that might have actually be a thing of Harvey. He'll be like, oh, the movie, all your movies are great. Except for that Weatherman movie where you had the camel toe scene. <laughs> and it's like, it's like he's going to be his button. It's going to be well, the one thing he gets angry about. He's like, did someone mention Weatherman? I hope this happens. I really hope this happens. So he'll be doing a scene uh, from Face Off. 
And one of Harvey's goons will say, man, this is piss of blood. No, that, that wasn't face-off. That I don't was think that was face-off. No. And when, while he's doing this scene, one of his goons will say, man, this was such a good movie. I really love the sixth day. And everything will stop. Everyone will be like, oh, no. And Harvey will realize that the goon made a mistake, mistook one of Nicolas Cage's movies for an Arnold Schwarzenegger Oh, there movie, we go. It's all coming together. He will rage kill him violently. Ooh. Once this is done, though, he returns to his charming self and asks Cage to resume his performing. At this point, Cage is rattled. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. And money or no money, he doesn't want to be there anymore. So he announces he wants to leave. Harvey gets stern. (laughs) Cage is rattled. (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed that. (laughs) It's a slow burner, too. (laughs) Uh, Harvey gets stern and says he always gets what he wants. And he rings a phone and reveals that he actually has his wife and child as leverage. Ooh. Oh, no. He says, I don't he go into- a f- Oh, wait, I'm confused now. What? He rings a phone? Oh, he's saying so, like the wife and daughter are on the phone? Yeah, the wife and daughter are on the phone. So They're he- being kidnapped somewhere else? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So he brings or the being phone being held out. hostage somewhere else. That's okay. right. That's right. So he brings the phone out. He dials a number and they've obviously got his, his family somewhere. Okay. And he says, I don't go into business with someone without having some leverage of theirs, Mr. Yeah, Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The police truck outside, they're kind of trying to monitor this and they're freaking out at the moment as well. They're, they're through, throughout this whole scene, yeah. they're kind of trying to monitor it. Thinking on his feet, Cage tells them that they haven't done a scene from National Treasure yet. <laughs> My favourite series. <laughs> Harvey perks up at the idea and he pulls out a copy of the book Uncaged, a Nicholas, <laughs> oh, great. a Nicholas Cage autobiography, and announces that this will be the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> And that he must go and steal it. Okay. So this becomes a scavenger hunt. Does he wear Benjamin Franklin's glasses? <laughs> the bifocals, the trifocals, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, no, not not in this bit. But essentially, okay. there'll be a scavenger hunt in which Nick Cage is going to try to find the Declaration of Independence. But yeah. secretly, what he's doing is trying to find evidence on Harvey. He's already got heaps of evidence. He's kidnapped his family and he's <laughs> admitted that. And he's killed a man. <laughs> Maybe he wants harder evidence. Okay. Um, and then he wants to escape as well. Maybe they think that he's kidnapped the president's daughter or something like that. <laughs> Maybe. And just as he's going through one of Harvey's offices, Harvey finds him and corners him. Oh no, Nicolas Cage is in trouble. He makes Nicolas Cage do a scene from the movie Adaptation. Oh, great. Mm, our favourite movie. It's going to be the scene where he speaks to his dying brother. What a tearjerker. Oh, yeah. Sorry for the spoilers, everybody. And through the passion of this scene and also the opportunity, Nicolas Doesn't Cage- does him a song? In the movie? Song, I think yeah. so, yeah. He sings a song- as he's dying. It's like a really tender moment. Yeah. It's uh, a great moment. I tear up every time I watch it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be ruined for you in this movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so, because he has the opportunity to and because that you know it's a passionate scene, he manages to knock Harvey out. Oh, like well done. Hits him with a bottle or something or knocks yeah. him on the edge of a table. He realizes once Harvey wakes up, he will probably kill him. And the people at the party, if they find out what he did, will probably kill him as well. So they're in like a private alcove at this point. Yeah, they're okay. in like an office. Okay, yeah, so that's what he right, does, you did say that. So what he does is he takes Harvey's unconscious body. All the, all the goons are still pretending to be, I don't know, people trying to stop him stealing the Declaration of Independence. Okay. So he takes Harvey's unconscious body and throws it out a window. I'm acting. And steals one of his cool convertible cars mm. and drives off. He's unable to find the police, so fearing for he his jumps life- jumps in it like it's wild at heart. Yeah, how cool would that be? He ca- yeah, so he can't find the police, so he books himself into a sleazy hotel. What other hotel is there? Yeah. And when the clerk asks him, you know, what they're doing, he says him and his husband are booking the night. Okay. <laughs> and his husband's had a bit to drink. That's why- All right, so Harvey's with him at this point. Yeah, Harvey's with he's him. Unconscious in the car. In, unconscious okay. in the car. The only reason I say that is because I saw stills 
Oh, there's stills. Yeah, so there's actually pictures of Harvey in the car with Nicolas Cage. There we go. And wow. he's he looks like he's asleep or knocked out. So I had to work there that I had to work that in somehow. That changed my whole plot, by the way. Wow, I had no idea about any of this. <laughs> You've obviously done way more research than I have. So Nicolas Cage calls a police informant and he leaves a message for them saying which room he's in. He's like, I've got Harvey. I think we we got enough to bust him. Like, meet me in this room. Right. Then he gets a call from a mysterious Neil Patrick Harris voice. (laughs) Okay. Doogie House is calling him up. (laughs) Telling him that he is not safe, that the police are corrupt, and there's a competitor of Harvey, another drug lord, that has bought them off. Oh, interesting. Twist. Yeah, I know, right? They want Harvey dead. So why is this Neil Patrick Harris? We'll find out. Okay. So they want him dead. And they don't want the investigation to be successful because incriminating Harvey will also incriminate them as well because they're, you know, involved with each other. Yeah. Make, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Loose enough. And Cage turns the TV on to find that he's being reported. I saw a few people in the cast as reporters. Mm. So, and the, and the news report all over the news is known Hollywood actor Nicolas Cage. Out of work Hollywood actor. <laughs> former Hollywood actor. Is accomplice to a drug lord, Harvey. Oh, And while he's on the phone with Neil Patrick Oh sorry, while he's on the phone with a mysterious stranger He gets told he's not safe And to get out as soon as possible But then, oh no, a bunch of goons rock up at the hotel And a shootout ensues mm. Harvey will wake up and be mad Obviously But realise that him and Cage have shooting to- <laughs> This shooting is disturbing my slumber <laughs> But realise him and Cage have to work together to escape Right Because these are his rivals gang Interesting mm. This portion of the movie will be like a buddy cop, buddy cop, a buddy action movie. Okay. A road trip movie. I think we know what you mean. But Harvey- A buddy movie. Yeah, a buddy movie. But Harvey will have the intention of double crossing Nick Cage. Nick Cage is sort of in contact with this mysterious stranger. I keep saying mysterious yeah. stranger, even though it's Neil you Patrick it's Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. And eventually manages to meet up with him. Neil Patrick Harris will tell him that he's actually a secret agent. He's, no, he's been- not Neil Patrick Harris. No, he is Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, he is. Neil Patrick Harris is a secret agent. Yeah, that's right. Who he- knew? He's been working undercover since he was a Hollywood, uh, since becoming a Hollywood actor at the age, I think, 13 or whenever they did Doogie yeah. Hauser. Nicholas Cage and the audience will not be surprised by this at all. They'll okay. be like, of course. They'll lead makes, it up. Yeah, makes makes sense. sense. Neil Patrick Harris is a secret agent. But unfortunately, he's not long for this world because he gets killed by Harvey. Oh, no. Who manages to reunite with his men who are loyal to him. So Harvey and his rival gang and also the corrupt police, manages to corner Nicolas Cage, who has escaped to Alcatraz Island. <laughs> I think you're giving this movie way more credit than it deserves. I don't think the budget is going to allow for any of this. Because we're referencing The Rock here. Okay. Um, and Sean Connery's there. Oh, wait, that's, that, that can't happen. That's why, dead. that's why we're in California, because he needs to get to Alcatraz Island. So Nicolas Cage, he's sort of... He doesn't know what to do, so he goes to a like lone island. They follow him there. It's the corrupt police. It's whoever Harvey's rival is. It's Harvey's men. They're all there. We're going to build up to a massive shootout. Massive face-off. Nicolas Cage, he wants something to build his confidence up a little bit. He wants to feel more than a man. So he's right. manages to dig up a costume. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> the Superman costume. Oh, great. From the original from Superman. The Kevin Smith Superman unreleased Absolutely, movie. Absolutely. The unreleased Superman movie. Nicolas Cage is wearing that costume. Okay. They uh, wouldn't have the rights to do that, but whatever. <laughs> I don't think they have the rights to any of this. No. By the way, I forgot to mention that there's going to be a masked henchman that's going to be following him throughout the whole film. Yep. There's a reveal here because the masked henchman removes his mask to reveal he is a clone of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> You're really going off the wall with this one. Uh, they're going to have a fight. Uh, the good guy police are going to appear as well and help out Nicholas. So Vivian Cage. presumably is one of the police. Yeah, officers, Vivian. Right? Vivian's going to okay. come with the good guy police. I was wondering how when she was going to appear. In your <laughs> she's plot. back. She's back. Well, they've been following him the whole time. And, and let me guess, the other police officer is Chance the Rapper. I really hope so. 
knows? Really tie it back into the kitchen. <laughs> Who knows? Harvey's rival, the the other drug lord, I who I didn't cast or name, gets kicked out of a dilapidated wall to his death. Yay. Uh, this will all be done to an awesome score uh, from Nicolas Cage's scene in the Kick-Ass movie. Oh, okay. You know that, uh, I believe, In a House Without a Heartbeat? That'll be playing in the background. Okay, fair enough. Another callback. Wanted to fit in Kick-Ass there. So Nicolas Cage will be taking cover from some bullets and he'll be taking cover behind Harvey's car that he stole earlier on. Yep, the convertible. And what happens is one of the gunshots shoot the trunk and it'll be opened. Like, mm, shoot the- How convenient. How convenient, I know. The, the lock. But it reveals that inside the trunk, there's a cage of bees. Okay. One of the- <laughs> a cage of bees? A cage of bees. How do you contain bees in a cage? They'll make it work. Okay. A Movie Nick, magic. A Nick Cage of Bees. <laughs> Nick Cage of Bees. Ugh. So this was another prop that obviously, well, I guess we assume that Propt. Harvey had. Prop. 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 It's a prop that Harvey had. So Nick Cage stealths his way over to Harvey, opens the cage up and sticks it on his head. <laughs> Harvey is there to yell, not the bees, to his They're death. They're in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they arrest the rest of the goons and corrupt police. Cage gets to reunite with his family. They ask him. They ask him what he's going to do, and he says, I don't know, <laughs> take a break from Ooh. acting, I guess. And he walks off into, into the, the sunset. sunset. Like Rambo. Wow. Oh, look at how pleased he is. He's so pleased. I'm, pr- I'm happy with that. Cage was rattled. <laughs> I'm glad you liked that. Well, I'm glad you really went off the wall with that one, because, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's yeah, something really refreshing here. Out of, out of lack of information. If the movie is that, it's going to be the best movie ever made. <laughs> I know, right? I'm looking forward to it. I think that uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, if, if they, I really hope they sort of embrace that side of it. This is what happens when you don't have a trailer, Kieran. Yeah, exactly. Well, we don't know if a trailer's going to come out in between this episode being recorded and released, but we'll see. We'll see. John Travolta, we'll see. Yeah, I don't think John Travolta. <laughs> Alcatraz Island. All right, I want to hear what you have to say because right. you got something special planned. So you, it's going to sound very familiar to you. <laughs> oh no! I basically, uh, mine isn't as off the wall crazy cage as yours, but it is very, very, extremely similar. Whatever happened to Nick Cage's family, by the way, in your plot? He reunited with his family. Oh, he did. I, I must have missed that part. Yeah, they I weren't said, in it very much. Were I they? said he reunited. No, not really. They were kind of like not there. Okay. Maybe he has some phone calls with them and tells him he loves them, and you know, okay. they fix right. their You're relationship. Just stuff who cares? At the end of the day, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, who cares? They're just side characters anyway. All right, let's get into my plot. So I believe that the movie is going to open in Hollywood, California, quite like somebody else's plot, and we see the fictional day-to-day life of Nicolas Cage who we see being directed on the set of a low-budget, crappy movie. (laughs) Quite like how your movie opens. But it's not the past. It's not D.H. Nicolas Cage like it's not going to happen in the movie. It's a modern-day movie. He's doing that, you know, Midnight at Jumbo's or whatever that Five Nights (laughs) at Freddy movie he did recently was. Something along those lines. And the director wants Nicolas Cage to go over the top. But Nicolas Cage is a true actor and tells him that it doesn't feel right for the character. He's like, I would go over the top, but this character's more down to earth. And this, of course, disappoints the director. He's like, why did I hire you? Yeah, why did I hire you if you're not going to be this? So after shooting, Nick meets up with his agent, Vivian. There we go. Hey. Who tells Nick that Quentin Tarantino is interested in casting Nick in his next movie. Oh, okay. I don't know if Quentin Tarantino is going to be in the movie or not. I doubt it. But Quentin's I think- just going to be like, what? <laughs> when this movie comes out? I doubt it. But, you know, he's going to be mentioned at least. Uh, so Nick is overjoyed, as anybody would be. He'd be overjoyed at the prospect, but he's disappointed to learn that Tarantino wants him to be Crazy Cage. It's like, oh, I think I'm beyond that in my career now. <laughs> so Nick reveals to Vivian that he's sick of being typecast as himself in every movie. <laughs> 
and wants to go back to his roots as an actor. He's like, I, you know, when I started my career, when I did Vampire's Kiss, you know, it was all about like flying off the cuff and, and doing what came naturally. Now I'm just doing the same shtick over and over again. I'm sick of doing it. So Vivian tries to tell Nick that he needs to embrace himself as a personality rather than an actor in order to continue being successful, but Nick won't hear it. Unfortunately, as a result, Tarantino decides to cast somebody else and Nick ultimately loses out on the gig. Damn. Was it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? <laughs> no, it was just a, a fictional picture. Yeah. So Nick tells Vivian that he's considering quitting acting altogether. He's so disappointed by the fact that he didn't get the Tarantino movie. He's like, I don't even know why I bother. So, you know, I'm thinking of giving up the mantle. thinking mm. of hanging up my coat. Well, I mean, he didn't go for that Bat and ball going home. So, you know. No, he did go for it. Oh, he did? And yeah, didn't he did it. go for it and didn't get it because he told Tarantino. Where he, he basically expressed, oh, I'll do the movie, but as long as you don't want me to be that. So Tarantino was just like, well... If you're not going to be that, that you're the wrong person for the movie, I'm going to get Arnold Schwarzenegger instead. <laughs> I'm going to get John Travolta back again and instead. So while we're in Hollywood, we'll also have a cameo from Neil Patrick Harris. Here hey. we go. This is how I crowbarred him in, who is also playing himself, quite like in your plot. So Neil will reveal to Nick that he's a big fan of his and will quote a famous line from a Nick Cage movie, probably like, oh no, not the beast, not the beast. <laughs> of course, Nick will be embarrassed by this. So Nick, still being annoyed about being stereotyped, just brushes Neil Patrick Harris off. So go away. And we never see Neil Patrick Harris again in the movie. Go back to White Castle. Exactly. So we soon learn that Nick is separated from his wife, Sharon, and his teenage daughter, Addie, has chosen to live with her over him. And we have a scene where Addie visits Nick. He's got like some sort of custody visit. Uh-huh. And when Addie visits Nick, she tells him that she's embarrassed to have Nicolas Cage as a father. What? Because all the kids at school always <laughs> make fun of her. <laughs> That's how you know it's a fictional story. Yeah, exactly. That would never happen. Exactly. I imagine that happens in real life if Nick Cage has kids. I don't know if he has kids or not, but I imagine that's what happens to them at school when they find out. So this is something I didn't say, but um, I want to ask you, how old is Nick Cage's 16. daughter? 16? Yeah, I'm saying 16. Yeah, I'd agree. She's high that. school age, even though she's 22 in She'd real like, life. Dad, you're so embarrassing. So the following day, Nick is in between shooting scenes in that crappy movie, and he's approached by a dodgy looking Mexican man, <laughs> interestingly enough. <laughs> Who I, I'm predicting is just being played by Jacob Scapillo, Amando, who you didn't work into your plot at uh, all. He's around. I've just called him Amando in my movie because he was Amando in Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> and he doesn't have a name in the cast list, so I've just called him Amando, just so you know. Mm. So he tells Nick that he has an offer for him. Nick tells the man that unless he's from Disney, he's not interested. <laughs> so the man, Amando... Working into the new Marvel picture. He's going to be Ghost Rider again. So the man, Amando, tells Nick that he will receive a million dollars and all he has to do is attend his boss's birthday party in Mexico. Not in California, in Mexico. Nick refuses the offer, but not before thinking about it for a second. And Amando gives Nick a business card. (laughs) I can't believe we both had that. Does it have the Charlie's Angels symbol? No. (laughs) If that's actually in the movie, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose my shit. So back at home, so Nick lives by himself. It's a sad, sort of lonely, depressing existence. We see that Nick is a little hard up for money. And he has to sell some of his valuables to make mortgage payments. Some props from uh, from his previous yeah, movies. exactly. Maybe selling them to Harvey, who knows. So that night, Nick is paid a surprise visit by two agents from the CIA. Oh, oh look at me. I've got the right organization. <laughs> the police. <laughs> who tell him... <laughs> that- Shut up. <laughs> who tell him that the man who wants Nick to attend his birthday party is a suspected criminal... And they offer Nick more money. Maybe you can keep the million dollars like in your plot. <laughs> they offer him more money to gather intel on the man. This is sounding very familiar. Very isn't familiar. It? We both did our research. So Nick flies to Mexico where he's met at the airport by Armando and several thugs. Now, as they're driving along, Armando tells Nick that his boss is a huge fan of his movies and is a huge inspiration to him. Nick is chuffed by all this. In the drug dealing trade. Well, we don't know he's a drug dealer at this point. We just know he's a suspected criminal. Uh. So Nick is chuffed by all this, but he's slightly nervous about the thugs. So he's just like, oh, gee, thanks. And he's looking around. (laughs) He's like, what's going on here? 
This is sounding quite like my uh, Star Wars spin-off plot, which I have Anyway. So, their car arrives at Harvey's compound, which is a lavish mansion surrounded by strong security and well-armed guards. Sort of like Tony Montana's mansion, but... That's how I picture it, big too. big fences. This makes Nick even more nervous, and he jokes that Harvey must take his privacy very seriously. <laughs> man, man really likes his security. So, Nick finally meets Harvey, who is ecstatic to meet him. And Harvey quotes a famous Nicolas Cage line to him, like, Put the bunny down. <laughs> Killing me will bring Put back your damn honey. Bunny. Yeah, exactly. And Nick laughs politely. He's like, oh, that's real funny. So Harvey shows off an impressive collection of Nick Cage memorabilia, quite like in your plot as well, and begs Nick to sign a bunch of his stuff, which Nick, of course, politely does. Harvey tells Nick that he's always wanted to write a movie for Nick to star in, and ominously tells him that he already has some great ideas. Oh, okay, so, so he has a script. Well, he, he's, he's, he doesn't have a script, but he's sort of like, I think he's sort of like an amateur script writer. He's always just sort of dabbled, but he's never really... He's always wanted to write a uh, Nicolas Cage movie, but just, you know, he wants never to got stop being the first a page. drug lord and be a writer. Yeah, that's his hobby. It's like, no one ever believed in me to be a script writer, so I became a drug lord. I, I get to that in a bit. So, he then shows Nick to his room and allows him to prepare for the party. Nick is concerned and slightly amused to see that Harvey has provided him with outfits from his biggest movies. Again, <laughs> quite like in your plot, including the snakeskin jacket from Wild at Heart. Nice. Nick is also concerned that Harvey has left two armed guards outside his room and that he can't leave of his own free will. Nick decides to pick a conservative suit, probably one from Face Off, and joins Harvey for the party. And they're just like, oh, not the snakeskin jacket. <laughs> we, wanted you to, we wanted you to be wearing the snakeskin jacket. Not the vampire cape. It's a sign of your individuality. It's like, none of those fit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm too fat. Harvey's party guests mainly consist of armed thugs, an unimpressed-looking Mexican wife, and several bimbos who may or may not be prostitutes. Is the wife played by uh, Alessandra Mastrion- Mastriardi? Sure, sure. I uh, saw so she was credited. I didn't see that she was in the movie. I don't know who that is. Me neither, obviously. You probably butchered the pronunciation of her name. I'm sorry, Alessandra. But yeah, she's just going to be his bored Mexican wife. So Harvey introduces Nick as his guest of honour, and Nick waves at everyone sheepishly. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I had a random prediction at this point that you would use the word cartel in your plot, but you didn't say the word cartel once. No, I didn't. So I was wrong there. <laughs> is that a sign of how m- this prediction is actually going to be compared to the movie? Who knows? I was really banking on the, on the fact that you're going to say cartel. Well, I can't believe that. Anyway, so after a few drinks, Harvey asks Nick to make a speech. So Nick takes the mic and tells everyone that even though he doesn't know Harvey that well, he seems like a pretty nice guy. And everyone applauds. And Harvey asks Nick to do a scene from one of his movies. Of course, it's going to be the scene from Vampire's Kiss where he goes, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So Nick politely refuses at first, but Harvey insists until Nick finally cracks and does the scene half-hearted. Again, (laughs) quite like in your plot. A, B, C. Harvey is visibly a little disappointed by this and asks Nick to do another scene. And Nick refuses. Harvey calmly takes out a gun and points it at Nick and asks him again. Nick is about to protest, but then agrees and acts out another scene. There is a, another photo from the filming of this movie where Harvey points a shotgun at Nicolas Cage. Well, there we go. So, Might be this moment. Yeah. There we go. I wish I'd seen these pictures. I would have worked it into my <laughs> That's cool. Just a Google search, Kieran, is all I did. So this is after Nicolas Cage has acted out yet another scene. So Harvey brings in a captive man and asks Nick to do a scene where he kills a man, but he wants Nick to kill the man for real. Nick starts to panic and flat out refuses to kill the man, of course, as we all would. As we all would. It's then revealed dramatically that Harvey has Nick's ex-wife and daughter hostage and brings them in at gunpoint. So they're not over the phone, they're actually brought in for real. Nick freaks out and calls Harvey crazy. What are you, fucking retard, man? Stop (laughs) saying that. 
And Harvey and his thugs all point their guns at Nick. Harvey tells Nick that he really doesn't want to have to kill him, but he will kill his wife and daughter if Nick doesn't do what he says. Nick screams in anguish and brutally kills the man with his Does bare hands. Does he scream hands. in Nick Cage anguish? Yes. Ah! <laughs> and he kills the man with his bare hands, crying the whole time. So it's quite like the opening to Wild at Heart, but yeah, done for real. It's soon revealed that Harvey is a notorious drug dealer. We knew this a mile off. This is how they're selling the movie. And became a criminal after watching Nicolas Cage in Face Off. He was inspired by Face Off to become a criminal. He now wants Nick to become Crazy Cage permanently and be his bestest friend in the whole world. (laughs) Be be like his little jester at his court. Nick promises his wife and daughter that he'll do whatever it takes to keep them safe. So throughout the movie, Amanda will act as... So this is just you know a little guideline to my plot. So Amanda will act as Harvey's ruthless second-in-command and essentially be the dragon of the movie. So okay. apologies if I don't mention him in every scene, but, but you he's just there. know he's just there as a presence. So Harvey brings Nick along on a drug deal and forces him to be crazy cage for the buyers. <laughs> Again, like your little jester. <laughs> Why? So just the, like for his entertainment? Yes, exactly. So the buyers are confused by Nick because I think he wants to bring in Nick Cage's muscle so he can be seem more intimidating to, right. the, to the other buyers. Or, or he's but, just like he's just like to the buyers, he's like, look at this, it's Nick yeah, Cage. Exactly. Everyone, Nick, but Nick, but Nick, the do, buyers do know the it's Nick Cage, so they're confused at first. <laughs> So he's like, well, why is Nicolas Cage turning up in character? <laughs> but then they're greatly amused. They all start laughing. So Nicolas Cage gets pissed off at the buyers. We're not sure if it's genuine or he's acting as Crazy Cage. And Harvey hands him a gun, telling him to kill the buyers. The buyers think this is a joke at first until Nick Cage shoots one of them after hesitating for a moment or two first. He's a cold-blooded killer now. This starts an all-out gunfight and Nick is forced to take cover. Harvey encourages him to shoot at the people, but ultimately ends up protecting Nick. He's like, come on, Nick, you're crazy cage. Keep shooting at them. And Nick is like, oh, he's freaking out. During the gunfight, Nick tries to shoot Harvey, but his gun is out of bullets. Harvey notices this and is annoyed at first, but then ultimately decides that's what crazy cage would have done. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Ah, oh, you're acting in character. I get it. You would have tried to kill me, but I get it. I, I see you. Unpredictable, spontaneous yeah. crazy cage wants to kill everybody. So later back at Harvey's mansion, Nick says that he wants to have a machine gun. But Harvey doesn't trust him. He's like, I saw you try to shoot me. You're going to try that again. You're going to try to shoot me, you little cheeky little son. But Nick convinces him that he needs one to get into character. And Harvey caves and hands him one. But on one condition, he shoots his own family first. (laughs) Nick agrees. Okay. And we see in his eyes. He's like, I'm a single man now. You see in his eyes that he's actually planning. something. you see the cogs in his brain working. So Nick aims at his family who cower in fear and beg for their lives. But then Nick spins around and shoots Harvey instead. We all saw this coming on Surprise, surprise. A firefight breaks out between Harvey's goons and Nick, and Nick escorts his family through the mansion, shooting bad guys as he goes. At one stage, Nick is attacked by Harvey's wife, but she is taken down by Sharon, because we all know the rule in movies, if you introduce a a woman as a present, she has to be killed, she has to be killed by another woman, just like in Bad Boys for Life. I love a good mansion shootout. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't? We're all big Scarface fans here. (laughs) So after taking out all the bad guys in an impressive low-budget action sequence, Nick and his family leave the mansion bloody and disheveled. Uh-huh. As they drive off into the distance, is the, the mansion, sun setting? Yes, the mansion blows up in the background like nice. the end of Django. And that is the end of my movie. Nice. There and, we go. And the police are fine with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, like, well, what's their relationship with him? They're sort of him? like a presence because we know that they've sent him in there to get intel, but they sort of, you know, they they forget. They can't help him. So they sort okay. of see in there, they know that the situation's gone out of control, but they can't do anything to help him. So they sort of just Because if they do, the he'll be killed and his family Absolutely. will be killed. Makes Absolutely. sense. Yeah, Makes sense. exactly. So there they're kind go. of there, but... Okay, yeah, cool. 
That was my plot. And again, weirdly similar to your weirdly plot. similar. We both have very strong ideas of what this movie's going to be. Will the actual movie be like that? Who knows? We we'll, don't know anything about it. We'll see when a trailer comes out. So that's going to be really, really interesting. I want to know if our audience has any theories of what's going to happen in this movie. Do you think we're way off or do you think we're dead on the money? Please let us know. Are you excited about this movie? Are you looking Why forward to it? Why wouldn't you be excited about this movie? What do you want to see in this movie? What Nicolas Cage movie or character do you want to see appear in this movie? Exactly. Please let us know. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. That's all one word, potentialspoilerspod. You can leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and send Maddie D a DM. We are all a over Maddie the place. DM. <laughs> Maddie DM. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. You can send me a- Terrible jokes this episode. <laughs> a flick pick. Oh, that's terrible. Anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, you can let us know any of your theories in those places, or whether you- Just any sort of thought that comes across your mind, whether you think we're dead on the money, or whether we're way off. Yeah, you can do all of those things. You can just tell us how great we are. Send us <laughs> an emoji. Do. Send us five stars. Or whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Standard podcast junk here. <laughs> Subscribe. Call to action here. <laughs> Insert call to action here. Anyway. Write us a love letter. So before we go, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. Any ideas, Matty D, what we're going to be discussing? I do not know. I have you should been, know how the show works at this point. I've been slack at keeping up with the schedule. It's a surprise to me. We're doing so, an actual spoiler, that's though. That's right. We're that. doing an installment of actual spoilers where Ooh, we go back and this... explore a movie that we've covered in the past and see how close we got to our- This is an action movie, right, we're doing? Technically, yes. Technically, it's an action movie. Because we're up to... I can't remember. I remember looking at it, but yes, what it are we stars doing? stars a certain blue video game character. Are we doing Sonic? Yes. <laughs> so next week, we're looking at our original prediction of Sonic the Hedgehog and seeing how they stack up to the actual movie. We had so it much did fun. come out. We had so much fun in that episode. Um, have a listen to that. Please do. Before, uh, the, before our next episode comes yes. out. Because we had an absolute ball, and I think we'll have an absolute ball in this movie. Oh, I really hope so. Because <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, join us next week for that. And until then... Until then... A, B, C, D, E... Put it in the right file. Ah, oh, there we go. Hey, where's that chocolate cake? Do you mean this chocolate cake? That's my piece. I was saving it because I got nauseated by that pre-cooked mini-mall rotisserie chicken. Mmm. Mmm. It's good. Give me that cake. No way. Come on. I'm sorry. It's too important to me. You want that cake? You want this cake? I want it. You want this cake? I want it. You want this cake? I want it.